Welcome to today's edition of Draft Utopia. Chris Ransom here. I was off the last two days working on NFL content to get ready for the final few weeks of the regular season. And I'm back today. So, since there's a lot of sports returning, I'm taking a hiatus from State of the Franchise. We will bring that back. Maybe for MLS and maybe for NFL teams in August. But we'll limit it to those two sports. Because I don't want to do State of the Franchise during during the regular season. And since the MLB regular season's resumed, I'm going to talk a lot about baseball today. I'll also recap round 11 of the Bantle Fantasy Football League. Because I did get the three players I wanted. Rivers, Carr, and Niners defense. I managed to get all three of those players. So I'll break that down. And then I'll break down two schools for what the FBS. I might do a third if we get through all of that in 30 minutes. Because I want this podcast today to be at least 30 minutes. And before I get into the news, I'm going to break down the leading news, like headlines and sports and stuff. Vic Beasley has not spoken with the Titans. He skipped testing again. Um... Nate Soldier is opting out. Lane Johnson has tested positive for coronavirus, so Nate Soldier is opting out of this season. That means Andrew Thomas may move to left tackle. And this is a this is big for the Giants because now it means Matt Parts probably starting right away as a rookie. The guy we interviewed in Mobile. If with Soldier opting out, that means we're probably going to have Andrew Thomas moves over to left tackle and Parts starts at right tackle. This is big for the Giants because now they have two rookie offensive tackles. And we've seen a lot of players opt out of these deals. I mean, Marcus Cannon's opt out with the Patriots. Donta Hightower opted out with the Patriots. Patrick Chung hopped it out with the Patriots, but Kyle Duggar, their second-round pick from Lenore Ryan, will probably Lenore Ryan will probably start for the New England Patriots at that strong safety position that Chung plays. And six Jaguars tested positive for coronavirus. They didn't opt out, but they're saying they might end up missing time. Um, Lane Johnson, the Eagles' right tackle, tested positive for coronavirus. Mahomes bought ownership shares in the Royals baseball team, the Kansas City Royals. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the NFL right now. And these news headlines, the Giants not having Nate Soldier this year pretty much kills their chances of making the playoffs. However, I'll say this. If Andrew Thomas and Matt Part do well at the offensive tackle position, you can cut Nate Soldier and save some cap space. And on that note, I am going to go in to... Um, Because Nate Soldier, the Giants have. Okay, so the Giants can cut Nate Soldier and save $9,900,000 starting in 2021. So the Giants can save nine, almost $10 million if they cut Nate Soldier next year. And if Andrew Thomas and Matt Parter are starting all 16 games and they do well as rookies, 
then Soldier's going to get cut this offseason, and he's going to be available. Hightower is a free agent in 2021. Okay, never mind, because Hightower's opted out for this season. So the money may not count against Hightower's contract runs through 2022. I thought he was a 2021 free agent. So Hightower can sit out this year and... That means Hightower and um, Marcus Cannon, all the Patriots guys, will be back for 2021. So they could sit out. Okay. So if the player chooses to withdraw their salary... All right, so Hightower... So if a player chooses to withhold, their, their contract gets pushed back a year. So if players choose to sit out the season due to coronavirus, it will delay their free agency. So they'll still get the full money. They won't get paid for this season, but they can still earn what they were fully guaranteed for next season, and their free agency gets pushed back a year. So Hightower was supposed to be in a contract year this year and a free agent in 2021, but because he's sitting out, his money for... The 2020 season gets pushed back till 2021, his fully guaranteed money from his contract, meaning the Patriots don't have to worry about losing him to free agency until 2022. Yeah, I know, it's crazy, right? That's crazy, that's absolutely unbelievable.
So Thomas is going to play that left tackle spot on the Giants right out of the gate now with Nate Soldier sitting out. That means he's probably going to be the blind side for Daniel Jones because we were expecting him to be the right tackle for Nate Soldier, but with Nate Soldier opting out, now the two rookies are going to be the offensive are going to be bookend tackles for Daniel Jones. And Matt Part's a guy that you would have liked to develop for a year. He's not a player you want to put in the fire right away, but now you kind of have to. And if you get good offensive tackle production from both Soldier and Part, I mean, from Andrew Thomas and Part, you're set at that position. All right, so enough on the NFL. Okay, the Stanley Cup exhibition games came back yesterday. They had the Penguins and Flyers on. Um, Lightning played the Florida Panthers. But these exhibition games, there's even highlights from um, Scott Loughton, the former first-round pick for the Flyers. And Nets a overtime winner. McDavid got his second goal of the night in the Oilers-Flames game. And all these exhibition games, they're showing highlights of the exhibition games. And NHL is going to start on Saturday. NBA is going to return tomorrow. And Anthony Davis will play in tomorrow night's game despite an eye injury. But the NBA playoffs are not going to start until August 17th. But the regular season games are going to have eight regular season games to determine the stand that are going to affect the regular season standings. And then they're going to go into the playoffs Unlike the NHL, which is going to have a qualifier for August first, and they're just going to—that's going to be the playoffs, basically. That's going to be the start of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. The qualifier. I mean, these games are not going to count towards the actual playoffs, but technically they are. The winners are going to go to the playoffs. The losers are going to be eligible for the number one pick in the NHL draft lottery. It's absolute pandemonium that a playoff team is going to get Alexis Lafreniere, but it is what it is. MLB, I'm going to break down some pitching matchups here. I'm going to refrain from any MLB news. Um, Joey Votto, Giancarlo Stanton are off to fast starts. Andrew Heaney, Brandon Lowe. Okay, we've got a lot of players off to these incredible starts. And Diego Rossi's leveled up at the MLS's back tournament. He's looking at Luis Suarez. Jonathan Gonzalez. Cubo Torres is the coach they're looking at. William, considering a very big offer from MLS team agent, says, and that's a player on Chelsea in the Premier League. So for him to go that route... Kyle Beckerman. Yeah, and he got acquired in the trade with Real Salt with Colorado. 
They're saying he's the newest star, but... So there's a lot of things um, with MLB and MLS news, but I'm not going to dive into that. Instead, I'm going to be breaking down round 11 of the Banal Fantasy Football League draft right now, and then we'll go to our first break, and then I'll break down MLB matchups in the second portion of our show, and then the third portion will be what the FBS I don't want to go to a break, to be honest. I just don't want to lose the data I'm recording. That's really the only reason I'm doing the commercial break segments. I don't want to lose the data that I recorded. Because that's happened before. I've done some podcasts on Anchor, and I end up losing the data that I record. And it just frustrates me when that happens. So... I'm going to break down round 11 from 101. I got Rivers, Tariq Cohen, Mike Williams, Mark took Gronkowski, Nick Foles, Jason took Tua Tagovailoa, Mitch took Jared Cook, the Saints tight end, Jason moved up for Tyler Higby. This is a player he wanted, and then Kieran Johnson went to Riley, and then Eric Ebron went to um, the Steelers. All right, so Ebron, I thought Ebron was wasn't picked. I think I accidentally put him on a draft board by accident, so I need to take him off that board. It's just so, because it's the right thing to do. And it's just one of those crazy years where we're seeing a lot of turnover, a lot of changes and stuff, so... Yeah, and on that note, I'm going to jump straight into the MLB stuff. No need to take a break. So the Rockies are leading the Athletics right now in the f fourth inning, 2-1. to one. Rockies off to a 3-1 start. The Athletics are 3-2. The Diamondbacks Art and Rangers are still scoreless in the top of the third inning. The 1-4 Washington Nationals head to Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. So this game is going to be at Nationals Park in Washington, D.C., apparently, because uh, the stadium for Buffalo, this is supposed to be Toronto's home opener in Buffalo, but I don't think the Buffalo area is set to open, so they're just going to play at Nationals Park. But it, Scherzer struggled in his debut with the Yankees, okay? They only played six games due to the Lightning, and they couldn't get their bullpen in the game, but Scherzer struggled in that debut against the Yankees, Pearson's making his de season debut for Toronto. So Toronto, since they're 3-2, they're going to bring a sub-starter in so they can try to just ease into that transition. And they're not the only team that's doing this. Giolito struggled in his opener against the Twins and ERA of 17-1-8 in that 10-5 loss to the Twins. Zach Plesek, who is a long reliever or a sub-starter, is going to be the starter for Cleveland and Cleveland, they used Bieber as the number one. Clevinger is the two. Carrasco is the three. And then Savale was their number four starter. And then they had another guy um, pitching yesterday, Plutko. Zach Plutko was their number five starter. Plutko is their number five. So 
they're, the Indians are going to use a number six starter and let those top three, Bieber, Clevenger, and Carrasco pitch with an extra day of rest for that intense series against the Minnesota Twins. They're going to let those guys pitch in Minnesota against the Twins, and they're giving those pitchers an extra day of rest, which I cannot stress how important how much of an advantage that gives the Cleveland Indians over every other MLB team. And that might seem like a smug thing to say, but the Cleveland Indians are my team. And, you know, when you can give your number one starter an extra day of rest, when the rest of the league has to put their starter pitcher in for that second start after five starts, that's a huge advantage. And another fun pitching matchup tonight is the Cubs-Reds game. The Reds... Sonny Gray got the win for the Reds on opening day, 1-0-1-5-0 ERA, but he didn't, the Reds have been 0-4 since then. Kyle Hendricks had that complete game shutout against the Brewers for the Cubs. So Hendricks versus Gray, that is a great matchup. Musgrove and Wood, Woodruff, Woodruff, I saw Woodruff um, in the Cubs game last Thursday, I think it was. Woodruff was the number one starter. Brandon Woodruff was the number one starter. And he pitched five innings against the Cubs in the 24th in that um, opener. So, so it, he pitched for the Brewers in their opener. And they're playing at PNC Park tonight. Woodruff versus Musgrove. That's going to be a big matchup. Because Woodruff did well in 2019 in the limited role. He, both pitchers looked good at times. So, and the Brewers have bet, and Pirates are both known for having good batters. So that's going to be a fun matchup because both teams are two and three, and it's a really an opportunity to take control of that series. Soroka is going to be facing Morton. Yeah, and the Braves. Mike Soroka pitched six innings against the Mets, did not give up a run, even though the Mets won that game. Soroka did not give up a run. So to see the Braves, Charlie Morton, who struggled in his opener against Toronto, going up against Soroka, 4-1 Rays team. And Morton has the only loss for the Tampa Bay Rays this year. They've won four in a row since his awful debut against Toronto. And if he can beat Soroka in Atlanta at Truce Park, then the Rays will be 5-1. I like Soroka and the Braves in that matchup. But you got Dansby Swanson. You have all of these batters on the Braves. Freddie Freeman. The Rays have great batters too. Austin Meadows. And the Rays have... Um, Rays lineup is subject to change. But they've got Hunter Renfro. Um, Willie Adams. Mike Zunino. And they've got a bunch of players... It looks like they're playing a bunch of backups, though, but they're winning, so they're winning with pitching. Danny Duffy struggled in the opener against the Cleveland Indians, but he's facing Boyd for the Tigers. I think the Royals actually win that game. Duffy lowers his ERA, gets the Royals back to 3-3, three and three, back to respectability, because they were 1-2 and two against Cleveland, and I thought they'd take 2 out of 4. So for them to take 2 out of 3 from the Tigers is good. That's good for their franchise. The Red Sox won their opener at Fenway, but they have been they have been awful, losing four in a row. They lost two in a row to the Mets. And the Mets-Red Sox game, that was supposed to be at Fenway, and now they're at City Field, apparently. 
Um, Dodgers and Astros is at Minute Maid Park. Both teams are 3-2. and two. That's going to be a batter's game. The Yankees head to Baltimore to take on the Orioles at Camden Yards. And both of these teams were denied a um, three-game series against their interleague teams due to coronavirus. So the Orioles are pitching a pitcher that's making his starting debut. And the Yankees have Garrett Cole, who looked great on Thursday against the Nationals. And I think the Yankees will win that. They've got Judge. They've got Stanton. The Yankees look very good on paper with all the batters they got. Didi Gregorius signed with the Phillies in the offseason. Cardinals and Twins. This is a big game because whoever wins this, the Twins are using their number five starter. Ponce de Leon also making his debut. That's at Target Field. Padres take on the Giants. The Padres are 4-1. and one. Paddock. Their number one starter hasn't given up a run. Johnny Cueto is the number one starter for the Giants. So Paddock versus Cueto, that's a big matchup. Cueto, 2-2-5 ERA, looks like the best we've seen from Cueto since he won that World Series with the Royals. Heaney and Dunner pitching for the Mariners. Angels, I like the Angels. And these other two games, Phillies-Yankees and Mar Marlins-Orioles have been postponed. But we're going to get Yankees-Orioles in Baltimore tonight since the Yankees and Orioles are both playing supposed to be in series that are postponed. We're going to get we might get Yankees Orioles tonight as a makeup game and the Marlins and Phillies can just worry about the whole corona thing as MLB does their best to quarantine that stuff. All right, so we got 8 minutes left in the podcast. We'll head into the final segment without commercials and that's going to be what the FBS. The teams I'm going to break down this week are Mississippi State and Kansas State, and I'll get to Wake Forest if we have time. But we're going to start with Mississippi State. I broke this team down a little bit on the Saturday show on TalkShoe. I didn't break them down in depth, but I mentioned Costello. I mentioned Kylan Hill. They have some fun players on offense. Mike Leach is the head coach now. And you've got two senior guards, Doreen Parker and Stuart Reese. Greg Island's a senior. Osiris Mitchell's a senior receiver, but you got a lot of new starters. Charles Cross is a um, freshman redshirt taking over at left tackle. Marcus Spencer's an edge rusher, um, a 34 defensive end, and Errol Thompson's a senior inside linebacker. He led the team with 84 tackles last year. C.J. Morgan's a senior safety and you have a senior nickelback that didn't play last year. Mississippi State, remember, they had two cornerbacks, Cameron Dantzler and they had another corner that were both 2020 NFL draft prospects. So Mississippi State losing their corners. They lost their left tackle, Tyre Phillips. And their quarterback, Tommy Stevens, somehow got drafted by the Saints in the seventh round, even though he was an undrafted prospect. So, and Marcus Murphy's a good bulldog. I, I mean, last year... Mississippi State had the two draft-eligible corners. This year, they're going to have Marcus Murphy and C.J. Morgan, those two safeties. This year, it's going to be the safeties instead of the corners. That's going to be the strength of this Mississippi State football team, but you're going to have strong guard play. Costello and Hill, Mitchell at receiver. You're going to have strong safety play. Errol Thompson at middle linebacker in a nickel defense. So you're going to have like six playmakers. This team went 6-6, six and 2-6 six, and six in the SEC unbeaten in con against conference opponents. And Mississippi State has not canceled any of their non-conference games. But the New Mexico game, 
I have a feeling that's going to get canceled because New Mexico's governor just wants to shut down all athletics, and New Mexico would be affected by that. NC State, if they make everything conference only, that Mississippi State-NC State game doesn't happen. There hasn't been an official ruling on that yet, but I think that game will go on as planned, and Mississippi State will win that game. I think the New Mexico game will be canceled just because. Tulane, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Mississippi State can win against Arkansas. Tulane's another opponent that they should be able to defeat. At Alabama and at LSU in back-to-back weeks is rough. You host Auburn. You host Missouri. You travel to Kentucky, Alabama, A&M, and Ole Miss. Like, Mississippi State's been dealt a really easy schedule they avoid Florida, they avoid Georgia, and they get Alabama and LSU on the road in back-to-back weeks, and then the rest of their season is winnable. They can win the rest of their games. I mean, they played Auburn last year, and they lost 23-56. to They're worse on paper this year. Auburn's offensive line, their five starters on their offensive line are gone, though, and that game was at Auburn. This time, Mississippi State hosts the game, and they have Costello. They have Kylan Hill. They might be able to make it a little closer. So I'm looking at – they were 6-7, and 3-5 and five in the SEC last year. I look at this team, so if the New Mexico game is canceled, but the rest of the games are not canceled, then that means Mississippi State could realistically be um, – I'm going to say they lose three games, and they're 8-3 – with three conference losses. See, they're projecting six conference losses for Mississippi State. They're saying they'll lose to Kentucky, Missouri, they'll lose to all these teams. I don't think so. I think Mississippi State is a team people are sleeping on to a degree, but they're not a spectacular team on paper either. But at the same time, with their schedule, they can win eight games easily. I know people are saying six and six. Oh, they got Mike Leach as their head coach. There's going to be an adjustment period. I don't think so. I think Mississippi State has enough talent and pieces to win eight games. They might only win seven or six due to the conference opponents, but I think Mississippi State's got, with their quarterback situation, with Kylan Hill and Costello, I think there is enough talent for them to do something in a bowl game. So three, there's five starters, four returning starters on offense with Costello at quarterback transferring, and then you have three returning starters on defense, and Marcus Murphy set to be a breakout player. So this team does have some strength despite only having nine quality starters and eight, seven returning starters. There's still a lot of talent on this football team, Okay. And Mike Leach is coming in, so I think eight wins is feasible for Mississippi State. Kansas State is a team that's not going to win the Big 12. We already talked about Kansas State on TalkShoe. I think the 7-5 and five projection is pretty accurate. Skylar Thompson and Malik Knowles are the only guys that have a shot at getting drafted on this offense right now because Knowles, is, Knowles showed a lot of promise as a true freshman. Only trailed Dalton show in the tight end in receptions. And or Dalton Show in the senior receiver that plays like a tight end, blocks like a tight end. Knowles did a lot. 27 receptions, 397 yards, and three receiving touchdowns as a freshman. And Knowles is going to be a guy that could, honestly, if 
Skylar Thompson can throw for 3,000 passing yards. I can see Malik Knowles getting 1,000 receiving yards this year. He may not get 10 touchdowns, but I can see Knowles because Knowles showed a lot of speed as a true freshman. He showed that speed and really was able to pose as a deep threat on plays on a consistent basis. And this Kansas State defense is so much better. And Kansas State was a team that had five starters in the offensive line last year. They don't have that this time around, but they have a lot of talented players returning. A lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that defense is going to be key for Kansas State because Kansas State was in a lot of shootouts last year. And they got off to a 3-0 start. They should beat Buffalo, North Dakota, Vanderbilt, and West Virginia. Texas, they can. I think they can beat Texas and Kansas. I honestly think the Kansas State Wildcats can start the year 6-0 if they take care of business against Texas and Kansas. TCU at Iowa State, those are going to be losses. They'll beat Texas Tech, but then they get at Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State at home and Baylor on the road, and those could all be losses. Those could all be losses. So honestly, I think the 7-5 projection is a very realistic projection for Kansas State. Because they have a good defense, but only two returning starters on offense. That does scare me to a degree, but Chris Kleiman's done a heck of a job with this program. And that's one of the reasons why I like Kansas State this year to be a bowl team. And we talked about Mississippi State too. And I think Kansas State plays Mississippi. They played Mississippi State at Mississippi State last year. They don't play at Mississippi State this year, but they beat Mississippi, the Mississippi State team that we discussed on in Mississippi State last year. So, and those teams played in a bowl game too, so there's history there. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. My name is Chris Ransom of Draft Utopia. Like our page on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to our BitChute channel. Uh, we do have an iHeartRadio page now. So for anybody who can't find our TalkShoe episodes on TalkShoe or has having trouble getting on to TalkShoe, if you have an iHeartRadio account, you can listen to all of our TalkShoe content on iHeartRadio. And Anchor promotes our podcasts on six different networks. TalkShoe promotes us on two different networks, iTunes and iHeartRadio. So thank you guys so much for helping our podcast, our company, get our name out there. We really appreciate it. And on that note, I'm going to end the podcast because I have a uh, request from somebody else to do something, and I really can't get into details about that on the podcast. So long.